whether it may be a sudden silence or perhaps someone smiled at you, but it wasn't out of happiness, there are certain things out there in the world that can make us feel very uneasy. And today we're going to be looking into the psychology behind why we find dolls so unsettling. My name is Andrea and you're listening to White Noise. Okay, hey guys, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to White Noise, your paranormal talk show. Uh, Today's episode is all about haunted dolls, but more specifically, the psychology behind why we find dolls so creepy. When (laughs) originally this episode was supposed to be about Robert the doll, who is in fact a very, very interesting story, very creepy things have come out of even telling his story, which is interesting because that's why I almost didn't want to cover it. And that's why I'm not covering it because it was creeping me out so much. I did not want to do the research alone. So that's going to be an episode that I will partner up with um, Asher to do and we'll have that one. We'll get that one done soon. But I figure before we jump into Robert the doll or any of these other creepy dolls, I need to talk to you guys about why we find dolls so creepy and what we can maybe do about that. So when I googled creepy dolls, it's funny because Robert was the first one to come up, which I thought was very interesting. Now, we mentioned this in our podcast about haunted video games, modern hauntings, and a lot of the times we're not hearing stories about dolls being haunted that didn't have a story that took place way back, way back in the day, way back in like the early 20th century, just early, early time. We now see more video games being haunted and Asher made a great point saying hunting a doll, if, if it is a thing, is like waiting for someone to, it's like hiding around the corner, waiting to scare someone and just waiting and waiting and waiting, but you're in a town that's pretty much obsolete. Because if you look at what kids are playing with today, and let's just say the goal of the haunted spirit is to get to kids, get to people, you probably wouldn't choose dolls because right now dolls are more of a niche market, unless maybe you're hitting up Barbies or you're hitting up baby dolls. But when you hear stories of haunted dolls, they tend to be porcelain dolls. They tend to be the old time dolls. But let's get into the history of dolls. So in the 18th and 19th century, dolls actually served as more of an educational thing for people. So obviously you would dress them up and you would take them to certain events or play out these certain events rather. And it was almost to instruct girls how to, one, even make clothes because they would be sewing these clothes onto dolls. So it's a small scale model. And then two, it would show them how to act in certain social situations. So girls would act out, you know, the famous tea party with their dolls that happened, but they would also go as far as to acting out more unconventional scenarios like, like funerals or acting out weddings or how they should act in these certain situations. So dolls played a very big role on instructional purposes and they, and they still do to this day, but we saw a shift happen when it came to the 20th centuries. So in the early 20th centuries, when more women started working, infant dolls came around. And I would assume that was to give to people who were at the house to kind of show them, this is how you properly hold an infant. This is what you do. 
you know, kind of take care of this doll from a very, very young age. And then as you get older and you're actually able to take care of a real infant, you have had some practice that you might not have had without the doll. So that to me is pretty interesting. But let's look at the middle part of the 20th century, and that is the second half. And that's that's about the time Barbie came out. So she had so many careers. So if we look at what Barbie did versus what the other dolls were doing, Barbie was going through all these different careers. So it's kind of setting up people to, I guess, interact and socially interact with different careers. You can always predict what's going on in a culture in a specific time based on the dolls that are coming out. I know recently there have been some Barbies that have come out with their gender fluid Barbies. There have been Barbies of different sizes. So you can basically customize your dolls into anything, but more specifically, you'll be seeing more dolls relevant to today's culture. And then you can look back on time and see what was relevant back then. Like I said, in the early 20th century, when people started going out to work, you had more infant dolls come out. So you can look at what toys are out and see where society is. You can also do that with TV shows, but that is a whole other different can of worms I'm not going to open right now. So let's talk about dolls. Let's talk about how creepy they are. In Pollock's Toy Museum, I believe this is in London, Ken Hoyt, a worker, says many people don't make it through the doll room. So they have a bunch of toys from a bunch of different eras and one room specifically dedicated to dolls. He says that people might laugh it off, but he tends to take that laughter as a signal of unease. Of all the rooms in this museum, that big doll room is the one room that people might even refuse to go into or just might not feel good going in or coming out which I thought was very interesting because essentially we're looking at toys. We're looking at children's toys. You should theoretically be able to walk in and out of that no problem. But people just get this feeling of having the creeps when they walk through the room. So let's look at the difference between being creeped out and being frightened. Because if you were frightened, you obviously probably wouldn't go through that room. But when you're creeped out, you're more likely to go through that room. So creepy is related to uncertainty. And remember, fright is more related to that fight or flight response you have. So or freeze. Some people freeze. But if you're frightened, you tend to either fight or you run away or you freeze. But when you're creeped out, you are unsure how to react in that situation. So you have you don't know if you should stay. You don't know if you should go. It's you almost have this uneasy feeling, this ambiguity about the situation you're in. And what makes dolls so creepy to a lot of people, psychologists say that they look like they're human, but they're not. They're like this shell. Everything about them appears to be human at first glance. They are proportionally accurate to, let's just say a baby doll. They're somewhat proportionally accurate. They have the eyes, they stare back at you. They have a kind of a blank look on their face. Everything about them says that they they are human minus the internal part, minus the emotions, minus the even the body, the functions. They're not human. Even as much as we try to make them more and more act like a human, they're not. So there are dolls that will eat. There are dolls that will cry. Obviously, they're not actually eating and crying, but we try to make them mimic humans as much as possible. 
which is is essentially creepy because you're looking at this thing and it's a shell of a being and there's no emotions inside. We kind of attribute emotions to him. We attribute um, characteristics to him. So this is where the creepiness might set in because who knows what you attribute to your doll. So the uncanny valley is something that's pretty interesting when it comes to the psychology behind why we don't like dolls. And it says that it's like a human-like Human-like automation is basically where this series is going, but the more human-like it becomes, the creepier it gets. So we almost want our automation to be somewhat human-like, but the minute it becomes almost too much like us is the minute we just don't want anything to do with it. So when you're talking to a robot, if you're talking to your phone, if you're talking to Siri, her voice doesn't sound human-like. It's It doesn't have the same tones and pitches and pauses that a human would have when you're talking to a human. So we almost accept Siri, but if Siri were to have a more normalized voice, if Siri were to be in an actual shell like a doll, we might not accept that as much and we might find that very unsettling and very creepy. So I think when it comes to the future of automation and the future of robotics, Of course, we're going to be seeing a lot more of this in the future. Of course, we're going to be seeing stuff that comes out. We're probably going to have these automatic beings take our orders, probably going to have these automatic beings clean up parts of our house. They're going to be doing so much and they're going to slowly creep their way into our lives that we probably won't even notice it and we probably won't even get creeped out by it because people working on these know If they make them too human-like, it's going to be bad. But if you make it human-like enough, but you also leave that element of a robotic to it, we will be more accepting of it. An example of this I kind of want to talk about, if you guys have seen the movie Passengers, it's a a really good movie. You know, I actually wasn't expecting to, to like it, but then... I watched a trailer for it and I went and I saw it and I I actually really did enjoy it. So I recommend it to people who haven't seen it. It's basically about a bunch of people making a mission in space and they're all asleep and then one of them wakes up too soon. Anyways, in the movie, there is a robot in there and he's the bartender. And from the waist up, he looks completely human-like. He has the same emotions. He pretty much talks like a human, same tones, same pitches. His face gives expressions to you when you're watching him. But at the same time, the bottom half of him is clearly a robot and he clearly swifts and moves and does his robotic thing from the bottom half. But everything from the waist up is is very normal. I'm, you know, I'm sure they used a real actor. Obviously, they used a real actor for that. But that would be more acceptable than the entire part of him being completely human-like. I think our psychology wants something somewhat robotic and somewhat human to the point where you clearly can tell it is a robot for it to be accepted. So when it comes to the future of robotics, the future of artificial intelligence kind of seeping their way into our daily lives, we're going to know it's a robot. We're going to know that it's not human. I I believe that's the path we're going down. I find it very unlikely that we're going to see very, very human-like AI to the point where we won't know if it's AI. That will be a little bit unsettling to someone who has no emotion behind their eyes. You know, a lot of the times when you talk to 
people like that have been described as as having shark eyes. And that's kind of what I picture AI being like if we take it too human-like, if we take it too far and you almost can't tell if they're human or not. With that being said, there has been a recent artificial intelligence that popped up and in a country, sorry, my, my little, I did a pause there because my little audio recorder is saying that it's picking up another voice. And that to me is, is very creepy. So if you hear someone else talking over me, I will vouch to you. I am alone in my room. (laughs) As, As lame as that sounds, I am completely alone in a dark room right now. Back to this artificial intelligence. So we have this AI that became a legal citizen and let me find out where for you guys all right that's right so saudi arabia is the first country to give an artificial intelligence uh citizenship so uh, basically to give citizenship to a robot which may not sound like a big deal it may sound like that's a lot of fun and and lord knows you know, just, we're just going to give them citizenship to be the first country to do it. This is fun. It's not a big deal, but this kind of opens up a can of worms that we really need to look into and we really need to understand because when you become a citizen of a country, you be, you get those rights. So you have the rights of a citizen. So if you become a citizen of the United States, all of a sudden you get all these rights and you get all these, these, this stuff placed upon you. So essentially that's, there's a lot of unknown questions there. I mean, if they have rights, then what else does that mean? Do they have to pay taxes? Do they have to, but they're not human. They're not human. And that's the interesting part about it is, I mean, when you look at the robot who was given citizenship, I wonder if she has a name. Her name is Sophie. Anyways, if you look at her and you look at her talk, she is very, very interesting to look at. She looks very real minus, you know, it's, it would be like looking at the front of a woman and then, you know, the back of her, you can see like the brain and stuff. It's very interesting. Well, well, I guess the robotics, not the brain, but if you look at her, she's, she gives emotions and expressions like a human would give. But when I'm watching it, I can, you know, this stuff isn't perfect yet, but you can still tell that she is a robot. But, you know, eventually the technology is going to get better and better. And I'm sure as we go on, they're going to start understanding micro expressions, understanding all these elements of body language that need to be understood in order to communicate with these things as though they were human. So if they start mimicking us, that is a big sign in body language that you're being understood and you're being heard. So when all of a sudden these AI can start mimicking our little micro expressions, can start mimicking our body language, can engage in these conversations with us. Will we know if they're human or not, especially when they look seemingly human? Will we get that same creepiness? Will we get that same uneasiness when it comes to these artificial intelligence as we do when it comes to dolls? Because looking at dolls, they're not, they're creepy, but we know they're not real. And that's why they are still creepy because they look real, but they're not. So will we get even more creeped out when it comes to artificial intelligence coming in the less robotic looking artificial intelligence? Will we feel that same creepy feeling about them or will we accept it in the fact that they can act like a human, talk like a human, do very human-like things? Will that be 
less unsettling for us? Will that give us more room for it? Will that open up this window of, you know, it not being that creepy to us? Will that be accepted more so? I mean, I think with the people listening to this podcast right now, it might creep you out because you knew what life, excuse me, it might creep you out because you knew what life was like before these artificial intelligence coming up. And I'm talking about a complete different world right now, like a dystopia where we have these AI wondering about with us, where we have these AI interacting with us. And and I will I will get into benefits of that, but right now I'm kind of looking at the the psychology behind this. So the people who are able to listen to this podcast right now and know what life is like now. And then when we're in this future world and we have these AI, will we feel uneasy about it because we know they're not human? Now the generations coming up who had no idea what the world was like before these artificial intelligence, I'm sure they'll accept it. I mean, because that's what they know. That's what they're brought up as. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's it's like this cell phone. It's like anyone who was alive before cell phones became super, super popular. So even even in the 90s, you know, when not everybody had a cell phone, it was more of a like, I have a business beeper and what have you. Not everybody had a cell phone. But then we started going into the 2000s. And again, you know, kids didn't have a cell phone. But then once we hit about like 2006, 2005, more and more people started getting these cell phones, especially younger people, to the point where, you know, you could have had your first cell phone in high school. You might have even been earlier. But you knew what life was like before the cell phone. You knew what life was like before we had the iPads and stuff. So now the generations coming up now, they have iPads as soon as they're able to interact with them. And they're really, really good at it. But what does that mean for them? And what does that mean for us? Because they're able to pick up on these on this technology. The younger, younger and younger generations are able to pick up on this technology when they're like two or three. But yet we have this the older generations who it takes a couple weeks for them to understand the same stuff. So what's going on there? But when it comes to artificial intelligence, if you had no idea what life was like before these AI started coming in and started replacing workers, started replacing, you know, started becoming a part of our society, that would almost be normal. I mean, we're looking, we're looking at a complete other world right now. But back to what brought me here, the uncanny valley is, you know, the more human-like these things get, the creepier it becomes to most people. So I, the dystopian future I was just talking about where artificial intelligence was integrated among actual human citizens and us not even knowing if we're talking to an artificial intelligence, that might not even be a world that will exist. The artificial intelligence that might come up will possibly be clearly marked as artificial intelligence. So think of like that, you know, a cute little robot wandering around. Ooh, there is a movie. I should know the name of this movie right off the top of my head. But the robot's name is Sunny. And I'm sure you guys know the movie, so it's going to bother me. But anyway, so, you know, he kind of had this, he was cute. Like he had this, this 
aspect to him. He had this personality that that was likable. So we might see artificial intelligence like that more or less rather than Sophie, who is now a citizen of Saudi Arabia. Back to dolls. <laughs> and that was kind of a tangent. So this is why we find dolls so creepy is because they are so human-like and our biology is wired to assess the situation around us. So that's why a lot of people, you know, call it your intuition, call it, call it just your brain or hyper senses, whatever it is. If you get this feeling of unease, you got it for a reason. So if you are in a room amongst dolls and you get this feeling of uneasiness, it's probably because you're in a room full of dolls because that's, it's, it's weird. They look like people, but they're not. Let's, let's get into the whole tangent. So the more human-like dolls out, the creepier they are. So that's why we tend to find those like baby doll looking things, the porcelain dolls, very creepy as opposed to the say raggedy Ann doll. So if you look at the movie, The Conjuring, the Annabelle doll in that movie was very human-like and in return was very creepy. But the actual story, true quote-unquote story behind the Annabelle doll, she was actually a Raggedy Ann doll, which I'm sure the filmmakers, they did take advantage of that portion of the story, which I absolutely loved in the last part of the newest Annabelle movie, Annabelle the Creation. But in the previous movies, the Annabelle doll was this very human-like doll. You guys know the picture, you know the image that I'm talking about. I'm sure that was a choice done by the filmmakers because to most people that is creepier and that is more frightening than the Raggedy Ann doll because the Raggedy Ann doll does not look as human-like. With that being said, though, I do want to talk a little bit about, about Barbies because... <laughs> I have yet to hear a story about a haunted Barbie, and I, I'm sure they're out there. I think it's just one Google search away, to be honest, but not that I've looked, but I have not heard of a story of a haunted Barbie. But um, fun fact, Barbies were not meant for kids. They were actually originally a gag gift for bachelorette parties, which is, is very weird <laughs> to think about. Um, when Barbies first came out, they were criticized for being too adult-like, although the makers of Mattel and that company were saying that young girls want to act out situations as their fantasy selves when they're older, and that's kind of how they slip by with getting these really mature-looking dolls out on the shelves. Barbies, in comparison to those porcelain dolls that you see at your grandma's house or wherever you see those, are more human-like to me than, than the porcelain dolls. But at the same time, Barbies don't creep me out. I'd rather sleep in a room full of Barbies than a room full of those porcelain dolls any day. But why? And and that's something that only, only I can answer for myself. And if you feel the same way, only you can answer for yourself because I did try to find out why Barbies aren't as creepy psychology-wise than these other dolls and other beings. And you know, asking around, one of my friends said, well, you know, they're not, they're not lifelike size. They're not human-like size, which I think is a very valid point. And they're constantly smiling versus the other ones that have this almost expressionless look on their face. So they, they're not showing any kind of expression. I'm sure it's for you to attribute whatever emotion you want to that doll, but 
essentially when you look at those those dolls they have no expression on their faces it's it is blank and barbies are constantly smiling so maybe there is that element to it why barbies aren't as creepy even though they are very human like and then if you think about it like mannequins are very life sized dolls they are um they don't creep me out either but i do know a lot of people who find mannequins very creepy and Actually, I would not want to spend the night in a room full of mannequins. So I think it's the more lifelike they are. And I think since Barbies are so small scale, they're scaled down, that they're not as creepy as the other dolls. In 2015, Mattel was under the microscope for coming out with this Barbie that gave people an uneasy feeling. And essentially, this is called the Hello Barbie. If you've heard of it, you know what I'm talking about. I recently just found out about this when I was doing research for this show. The Hello Barbie is essentially a Barbie doll that will interact and respond with you. She is connected to the internet. She is a high-tech Barbie. You connect her to your Wi-Fi and you're able to engage in a conversation with this Barbie and play games with it. A lot of people find that very weird, very creepy, more so for the fact, not because she's replying, not because of that, but for the fact that you're being recorded, she has a recording device in her, that makes people uneasy and that is with good reason. I'm not sure how well she did on the market, but I'm, I'm sure she didn't do horribly, but that was something that came out in 2015 and that's kind of the line that people, most people made when it came to their dolls and their kids and the interaction between the two. But just thought I wanted to throw that one in there because that, that, that did cross my mind when it came to why certain dolls are creepy and certain dolls aren't creepy. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of White Noise. It was kind of a quick short one on the psychology behind why we find dolls so, so weird. And, you know, it comes down to the fact that they look like they're human, but they are not. And I appreciate you guys tuning in this week. Um, we're going to be doing a show, upcoming show on Krampus. Krampus? Krampus? I, you know, he is the evil counterpart to St. Nicholas. Be sure to tune in next week to hear that one. It's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Uh, there's actually a lot of stuff that goes into it when I was doing research for it that I had no idea. And <laughs> Since we covered dolls, of course, we're going to be doing episodes on specific doll hauntings in the future. Just before we got there, I wanted to make sure you guys understood why dolls can be deemed as creepy. All in all, thank you guys for listening to this episode of White Noise. I really enjoy breaking down the psychology behind our fears. So look, I look forward to doing more episodes like this before we gauge into these bigger topics. For more episodes like this, you can tune in every single Sunday on SoundCloud.